0: On this extra special edition of Delivering Marketing Joy, it's an Ask Kirby edition. I answer any questions, you ask me. Hey there everybody, Kirby Hoffman here and it's a very special edition of Delivering Marketing Joy this time where we do it kind of toward the end of the year each time where I give everybody an opportunity to ask me questions. If, if you know the format of Delivering Marketing Joy, I get some great guests on here each week and I ask them three questions, they get to ask me one question, but I wanted to dedicate this one to giving you guys the chance to ask me any question that you want. So. I want to start by answering some questions uh, from the audience, and I want to start with the one that I get asked all the time. And uh, we'll screenshot a few up here, but from Robert Williams, who's in Australia, by the way, I always wanted to ask you how you juggle podcasts, speaking gigs, brewery, the promo products business, family life, and every other thing in your life. Robert, thanks so much for the question, and uh, everybody who's asked me this question, I really appreciate it. It's uh, flattering that you would think that I have life sort of under control. Uh, It's funny when you create a life like this, it's like, I think sometimes, you know, you feel like people that you see have it totally under control, and in reality, I feel like it's a little bit of uh, controlled chaos all the time. But in answer to your question, how do I manage all of these different things? I think the number one thing is that I have an amazing team, I have an amazing support system. The fact is I'm sort of the face of the brand for Hosman Brewing and Hosman Marketing and, and, and that sort of thing, but I literally could not do it without the team at Hosman Marketing, Hosman Brewing, and frankly my wife. Um, not only do they keep me sane, but in reality they do a lot of behind the scenes work that is really the genius behind what we do. Um, So if I'm being honest, uh, I wanna give them a lot of credit because uh, they do a ton to make me look good. So that's number one, I have a really good support system and a really great team. Now that doesn't mean you need to have a full staff, you just need to have people that sort of are foundational and help you do what you need to do. That's number one. Number two is that I'm intentional. I've created a life very much on purpose. that means, yes, it means goals. It means kind of knowing what I'm trying to do because it allows me to not only um, sort of guide my decisions uh, and guide my life, but it really makes allows me to make quicker decisions. Um, so many things in life, you you know, it's they're, they're not all easy, right? But I think that Understanding that you can uh, make a decision that kind of moves you in the direction of where you're trying to go. And then if it's not the right decision that you can iterate, you can change. Um, I think so many times people really struggle with that. They struggle with the idea that this decision I'm about to make is forever. It's not. It's just the decision right now, so I want you to let go of the perfection idea. It it doesn't have to be perfect. You just need to make that next decision, and then you'll learn what the next right decision is. And that leads me kind of to my third thing, which is I take action. I think so many times people really do have sort of that uh, paralysis by analysis thing. They think and they think and they dream, but they never actually do. And if you want to accomplish anything in your life, you have to do, and you have to do a lot. Because the thing, the thing about the matter is, and I sort of alluded to this, there's going to be a lot of things you do that don't work. And if you're only doing one thing, well, then you're kind of screwed, right? So I do a lot of things. And sometimes I think people see the things that work. And then I move on really quickly from the things that don't work. Um, and I don't dwell on them. So, you know, I have a great support team. I'm intentional. And quite frankly, I take action. And I take it at a pretty exceedingly high level, and I think that's one of the reasons I'm able to do a lot. And so I appreciate that question. Next up, the um, question from Joanna Gottlieb. Joanna says, um, talking about this being the end of the year, um, do you prepare or manage your days during the busy season differently? What are your tips for avoiding holiday madness stress? Joanna, first of all, thanks for the question, and honestly, thanks so much for the idea that somehow I manage the holiday stress well. Because let me just tell you, sitting in my seat right now, I don't know that I feel like I do. Um, I think I'm like everybody else, right? Um, the you know this time of year, uh, you've got clients that aren't getting things that they we hope that they would get or you were promised to get. Um, you've got to get gifts for um, spouses or kids or significant others, which I still um and yeah, I have that same stress, but I think really if you're talking about um one of the tips I have for managing that stress, I think it's gratitude. I think it's a gratitude exercise that I sort of do each morning, um you know, whether it's through meditation or whether it's just simply taking a deep breath, taking some time each morning to understand that I really do leave, lead a charmed life, and most of us do, really. Um, we have so many things to be thankful for, and I don't think that we really all year round take the time to be thankful for them, and I really try, especially this time uh, of year, and especially when I'm stressed, I try to focus a little bit more on how I'm blessed than how I'm stressed. Um, I take, I'm intentional each morning about thinking about you know, my life, uh, my wife, my kids, uh, my team, I'm really lucky in that way, and I think that that helps me. Uh, gratitude uh, makes you happy, and happy happiness helps you manage stress. And so that's probably my number one tactic for trying to manage stress in the holiday season, but quite frankly, managing stress all year long. Next up, I have an awesome question here from uh, Ben Taylor. Um, Excited about this one. I think this one made me think. Uh, So, Benjamin Taylor says, If being an entrepreneur was outlawed, how would you spend your time? That one was tough for me. I think I've been sort of an entrepreneur um, uh, since I can remember. I've told the story that my first business, uh, when I started when I was eight years old, it was a bicycle fixing business. And uh, I quickly had uh, got a job. I got a bike to fix and I got it back to my garage and then realized I had no idea how to fix bikes. And so I pivoted quickly to making it a bike cleaning business. Um, so I've been pretty entrepreneurial for a long time. Um, but what I would say is two things. If I, if being an entrepreneur is outlawed, I guess I would work for another organization trying to make a difference. I, I've, I've said that I, I can be a good follower. Uh, not always, if I'm being honest but I can be a good follower for a really strong and good leader. Uh, So I think if I were to join another organization who there was a strong leader, I think I would be uh, an asset there. But uh, the joke, I actually asked this to my team today and one of them said, you'd probably get into politics and lobby making entrepreneurship legal again. So that's probably what I would do. So thanks, Benjamin. Hey, next question from Sam Kabert. I love this question. Uh, he knows I'm you know, with Hosman Brewing and I'm a beer lover. And he says, why is the joy of a Northeastern hazy IPA so damn enjoyable and addicting? A, because they're tasty, Sam, and B, because you're an alcoholic. Just kidding. Thanks for the question. Um, another question from Mark uh, Mark uh, Shin. Mark, thanks for the question. He says, we know you're an avid and active reader. What are some, a couple of key takeaways that you'd like to share from a couple of memorable books that I've read recently? Um, So I've read several really impactful books in 2017. I actually was thinking about this recently and it, like this year I've had, you know, When you read a lot of books, you've got some that are, eh, they're okay, some that not so much. But I've read several that were super impactful this year. Um, I talked in A Weekly Word about The Subtle Art by uh, Mark Manson. That's a really, really good, uh, really... philosophical book. Um, That was a good one early in the year, but recently I've read The Five Second Rule, Finish, and then I got an advanced copy of um, Jeff Hayden book called The Motivational Myth. So The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Awesome book, I recommend it for everybody. I would recommend the audio, okay? She does an amazing job of kind of telling the story. And essentially, you know, I talked about it earlier, about taking action. The Five Second Rule is all about taking action and providing yourself with a tool to force yourself to take action, to to use um, tricks on your brain to, to kind of get you unstuck so that you take action on the things that you know you should take action on. Um, and so that's kind of a takeaway there. John Acuff is the writer of Finish, really good book on goal setting and finishing things. And some counterintuitive ideas, uh, Acuff is another guy who the audiobook's really good. He's funny. Um, but one of his takeaways was... Um, Cut your goal in half so that you have, you have little pieces of success that you can build on. So many times um, we set giant goals because they excite us during, but then we get discouraged, right? Um, I would say part of that's being self-aware. I, I actually don't get discouraged, but I know a lot of people do. So the idea of cutting your goal in half so that you can meet it and then try and exceed it was an interesting concept from Acuff's book. And then really the the final piece, especially this time of year when we're talking goal setting, run out when you can. I think it's going to be for sale soon. And Jeff Hayden's The Motivational Myth is outstanding. I read it really quickly. Um, and his big piece is that he talks about goals that you set and forget. And you make a big goal, but then you dig down into, but what am I going to do every single day? Like, three, four actions that I'm going to do every single day that are going to move me toward that. I'm not going to think about it anymore, um, but I'm going to do these three or four things. He compares it to um, training for a marathon. I mean, when you're running two miles, 26.2 seems just too far away. Just the distance seems from here to there seems too great. So he talks about how, look, you just need to run two miles today. You need to run three miles today. That's all you need to do. So you set it and forget it and figure out those little things you need to do each day. So those were a couple takeaways of books that I've recently read that were really, really fantastic. Um, So I feel like I've covered a lot. This is fun. Um, and I appreciate the questions from everybody, um, for this delivering marketing joy, the ask Kirby edition. We'll do it again. If if this is something you guys like, and as always, um, you know, Hey, I want you to, to let me know what I can do. If you have any guests, you think I ought to interview, give me some feedback. And then back to that, hey, how do you get so much done? I just want to give a quick shout out. I've got an event coming up in Vegas in January where I'll be talking for an hour on how to get more done. So if you want to dig into that with me, uh, I'd love to have you there. So that wraps up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.